This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. From Studio A inside the Rick L. and Vicki L. James University Center, this is Trine Line. Hello, I'm James Tu, Assistant Vice President for Content and Communications at Trine University, and this is the Trine Line Podcast. Trine University President John Shannon will discuss some of the latest happenings at Trine University and issues in higher education. Thank you, Dr. Shannon, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So first off, this may be the first time that many people have heard from you as president of Trine University since you officially took office only a week ago. How's the transition going to your new role? Well, it's been a whirlwind week, extremely uh, interesting and, and a busy time for me, very exciting. The transition's going great. I've received so many encouraging, kind, and, and thoughtful messages from various people that it's been invigorating for me and, and really a, a very, uh, very good transition. So can you describe a little bit of your background, both kind of your broader background and also your history with the university? Sure. I'll start with the broader background. It's, my, my background is pretty diverse. I served in the United States Army in West Germany uh, in the early 80s. And that was just a, a great experience for me. I really, I think, grew a lot as a person when I was in the Army. I also served in the United States Peace Corps. So it's a different kind of experience. I did that in North Africa where I taught special education. And I had a great experience there as well. I also, on the academic side, I, I earned a bachelor's degree in psychology and then graduate degrees, master's and PhD, basically in applied linguistics. Uh, one other uh, experience that really helped to develop me was when I served as dean of a school of Arabic at the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California. I was there before coming to Angola. The DLI is the largest language institute in the world. When I was there, we had over 1,600 full-time faculty. So it was a great experience for me that really helped prepare me for my, my role at Trine. In terms of my role at Trine, I originally was hired as Dean of Arts and Sciences. Did that for about five years and moved on to Vice President for Academic Affairs and ultimately became Provost and Senior Vice President in the last year and a half. And all of those sort of led to my current position as President. Backing up a little bit, West Germany, so in the early 80s, that's before the Soviet Union fell. What was that experience kind of like for you? Uh, That was one where our mission really was to prepare for a Soviet invasion. So that's, it was the defense basically of Central Europe. And uh, so I was stationed right in the thick of that. And, and again, I had a, a great experience. Did you ever get to go back after the Berlin wall, wall fell? I've been to Berlin a, a couple of times, both instances the wall was there. I have not gone back since it came down. I think it would be interesting to see it as a unified city and a unified country. Uh, but no, I have not. And you mentioned then you went kind of on to a teaching assignment in North Africa. Is that where you first kind of discovered, maybe got the idea that you wanted to go into teaching as a career? It is. You know, my major as an undergrad was psychology. I never envisioned myself as a teacher. And when I was accepted into the Peace Corps and they sent me to North Africa, I became a teacher and I worked with um, developmentally delayed children. Great experience. Uh, It was special. I was a special ed teacher. And In that role, I really grew to love teaching and being in the classroom with students. What first attracted you to to Trine University, um, and what's kept you here since then? 
So um, when we were going back to 2007, when we were, my wife and I were in Monterey, we, we had our, our twins born there and uh, I had a great job. I loved it at the Defense Language Institute, but housing was very expensive. And um, we just decided we wanted to live in a part of the country where we, where we could afford a house and, and raise our children. So we looked and ultimately uh, was offered the position of uh, Dean of Arts and Sciences at then Tri-State University, now Trine University and accepted. We, we moved to Angola, and why we stayed is because we've fallen in love with Angola and the surrounding community. We've been in Northeast Indiana now for 16 years. We love it here, and our plan is to stay here for the rest of our lives. This is our home. You kind of touched on this a little earlier, but how would you say your different experiences have prepared you for the presidency here at Trine? I've served in academic leadership for the past 26 years, from department chair to dean to vice president for academic affairs and on to provost. Those roles really helped me to understand how universities operate, how they work, and uh, really prepared me, I think, very well for a presidency. Uh, I've been prepared for the presidency at Trine University because I've worked for so many years now at Trine. I, I know the people here. I understand the culture here. I'm a part of that culture. And it's one in which I feel I thrive. I wouldn't want to work anywhere else. This is it for me, the dream job. And, uh, and so I feel very prepared for it. You mentioned the culture at Trine. How would you describe that? One word really, I think, does justice to our culture is dynamic. You know, we're, we're a university that's not satisfied with the status quo. We understand that the status quo leads to stagnation and stagnation results in failure and that's not acceptable to us. So we're always thinking about how we can do things in a better way. For us, the question is not, can we do this? The question is, how can we do it? So right from the start, when we're questioning something, we're looking at details of how we can get something done. And it's that culture that makes Trine, I think, unique. We are willing to change things up, not for the sake of change, but in order to keep what we're doing current, relevant, meaningful, state-of-the-art, and always with an eye on doing what's in the best interest of our students. So that's what we're all about at Trine, is, is preparing our students for future success. What else would you like uh, those who are listening to know about Dr. John Shannon? Okay, so to know me is to understand that outside of work, I'm a family man. My life revolves around family. If I am not at work, I'm probably at home or I'm out somewhere doing something with my family. So that's my life and that's really who I am. Maybe for those who don't know, would you like to describe your family a little bit? Sure. I have my wife, Grace. We've been uh, happily married for a number of years now, and we have twins, Aiden and Anya. They're both 17 years old. I have another daughter, Nora. She's, um, she lives in Columbus, Ohio, and has, she's married with three children, so I have three grandchildren. You know, I wish they were a little bit closer, but uh, that's really my family. And then I have my extended family, my brothers and sisters as well. How would you describe Trine University's position as you become its 17th president? Trine's in a very strong position right now. We're working in an environment in higher education that is really in decline. Enrollments are down across the board throughout the country, yet at Trine we're growing. So it's a, really a testament to the groundwork that was laid by my predecessor, Dr. Earl Brooks. He established the culture here. 
He set change in motion. He was one who really inspired us to be dynamic, to be willing to, to take calculated risks in order to improve what we're doing. So he has really passed the torch in a way that's left me in a very enviable position. I'm very appreciative of that. And, uh, and I understand that, that Trine is in an excellent position right now. Kind of looking back at, at this past school year, what would you say have been some of the highlights? Yeah, so the year started, the biggest highlight at the start of the year was the opening of the SDI Center for Engineering and Computing. It's a wonderful facility right in the heart of campus. It's got a maker space where our students are doing amazing things. I love going on, on visits there. Uh, we have um, a virtual lab for students in our computer science programs, yeah, a virtual reality lab. It's, it's really a hub of activity. There's a coffee shop that's a magnet for students. So that was kind of the start of the year, having this great new facility for the campus. At the same time, we're currently constructing two other buildings. One is in addition to Best Hall. And we ran out of space in Best Hall in 2017, so we added a 36,000 square foot facility. Uh, we, we ran out of space again. We're adding to the, so it's an addition to the addition. Uh, and that's going to open up in a couple of months. It's on pace to, to do that. Uh, in addition, we're all in now on a new facility um, in Fort Wayne for our Brooks College of Health Professions. It's the largest capital project in the history of the university at 110,000 square feet. Um, it's going to house our health professions programs. It's just north of Union Chapel, right off the highway, uh, where there'll be thousands of cars passing by this beautiful facility every day. And it's set to open in the summer of 2024. So that's another highlight of the year. Of course, We've also had record enrollment. We topped 9,000 students this past year, which was unheard of in our history. So that, that was a real great milestone for us to achieve. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that yesterday, our women's softball team won the national championship, the NCAA Division Three national championship. So great job to our, our women's softball players and to our coach. Um, what a great season. They showed such grit. It's really amazing because they lost in a double elimination tournament. They lost the first game. That meant every game was an elimination game for them, and they went on and won every one of them. So congratulations to our softball team. Even, I think, you know, they were down, you know, tied at 0-0 in the seventh inning, the bottom of the seventh, and get the, got that walk-off hit to win. I mean, it, it was everything was down to the wire for them. Phenomenal. It, what, a, what a way to start off my tenure as a, a president to have a, a team win the national championship. So this is really, again, kudos to the team and to their coach. Kind of looking back at all the things Trine has accomplished and is accomplishing, uh, how do you plan to build on these successes as we move forward? It all starts with our mission. And the mission of Trine University is to promote our students' intellectual and personal development through professionally focused learning opportunities, preparing them to succeed, lead, and serve in their communities. So to build on success means that we're going to continue to ensure that those professionally focused learning opportunities are tightly aligned to industry needs, to the needs of whatever it is, whatever jobs they're going into. One way that we can make that happen is to continue to have dialogue with industry, with education, with whatever field our, our graduates are going into so that we can understand 
what the gaps are in the knowledge, skills, and abilities of the employees that they hire. Knowing that, we can incorporate activities into the curricula of these pro of our programs to ensure that our students fill those gaps, that they're prepared. And so that's a never-ending process, a cycle where we review to ensure that our programs are meaningful and current uh, so that we can build on our successes. Another thing I want to add is we're always looking for new programs that, that fit what we do at Trine. So a new program has to meet two criteria. One, it has to have some interest from prospective students. You know, you won't have a program if it doesn't attract anyone. And two, it has to lead to jobs. If one of those is not met, then we won't offer that program. And so leading to jobs, I mean, what we do is prepare our students for not just jobs, but turning those jobs into careers. And if we're lucky, the career will turn into a professional calling where the students just feel they're doing what they were meant to do. That's what we want for our students. That's what all of our programs are designed to do. And by continuing along those lines, we can add programs that will help us to grow. As an example, we're, we're going to start next year an Associate of Science in Nursing program. That will enable us to grow. There's potential there for significant growth here in our campus in Angola. Kind of talking about enrollment growth, how are we looking as we head into the fall? You know, we're coming off of a record spring, which is, is even a little more unusual. Usually it, there's kind of a, a drop off from fall to spring, but we went up. Um, how are we looking as we head into this fall? Our numbers for the fall are strong. We're ahead of where we were a year ago. You never know. Here we are. I say that in June. We never know what the numbers are going to be until August. And we actually see the students enrolled. But in terms of enrollments for fall, again, we're significantly ahead of a year ago. I don't want to project exactly where I think we'll land. In other words, it's going to exhibit growth again. Uh, and that's a, a great position to be in, especially in the environment of higher ed today. Which programs seem to be growing in popularity with students who are uh, entering Trine for the first time? Yeah, so here in Angola, our campus in Angola, um, engineering is our biggest school. And so our largest intake of students is in engineering. Yet we are also seeing significant growth in our uh, school of business. We're seeing growth in um, health sciences and in education. And where we think we're, you know, we're really preparing the future educators of our children in a way that I think leads programs across the state. So we're doing a great job in our ed program as well. So you mentioned some of the challenges that are facing higher education. What what are some of those right now? The biggest challenge is enrollment. This is not a new problem in higher education. It started probably about 2010. And since that time, every year, enrollment has gone down across the country in uh, institutions of higher learning. What that means is fewer students are entering college. At the same time, we have high school graduates that are attending college at a lower rate. In the last five years in Indiana, the percentage of high school graduates that attended college has dropped 6%. So that exacerbates the problem of enrollment. Add to that what is popularly referred to as the enrollment cliff. And what that is, is that after the Great Recession of 2008, 2009, the birth rate in the United States dropped significantly and it stayed low for, the, for about five years. That generation is about to graduate high school in about two years. When that happens, the number of high school graduates will go down. That's going to have a, a, a huge impact on enrollment across the country. So 
Enrollment's the issue. There are fewer high school graduates each year, and that's going to get more significant going forward, and fewer high school graduates going to college. So how will Trine University meet these challenges going forward? Well, the good thing is we know what the challenge is. It's enrollment, right? So to solve a problem, you have to understand what that problem is. We know what it is. So what that's going to mean is that we focus our efforts on enrollment, on ways to increase enrollment, on understanding what it is that prospective students need and want from higher education. That's going to mean thinking outside the box. Uh, It's going to mean adding certain types of programs that we don't currently have that will be of high appeal, that are current and and state-of-the-art. And it's going to mean also to work as a collective entity for all of us at Trine to be thinking about solutions because there won't be just one. There will be many solutions to this problem. And together we can can talk them through, uh, work them out, implement them, and go from there. And then see how we can improve upon those that work and, and those that don't work. We can understand why they didn't. There are solutions to this problem. I think we'll be able to continue growing even in the face of the enrollment cliff. Uh, but it's it's going to mean looking at things differently and doing things in new and different ways. Once again, uh, thank you, Dr. Shannon, for joining me today. To our listeners, check back for more insights from Dr. Shannon on the next Trineline podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.